Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, what an exciting evening we are having. The results have started coming in on the election. I got to tell you something. It's a bit nerve-wracking. The early results are horrible because it's a little bit from here and a little bit from there. And, you know, with 2% of the vote in, uh, someone can look like they're way ahead. Uh, and then that changes uh, in about five minutes, so it's up and down. I don't like what I'm seeing so far, though I'll say this. At the moment, it looks like Trump is going to take Florida and Texas. Uh, still a lot of votes to be counted, but the trend seems to be going that way, which means Biden's got to win uh, several states uh, other than those two. I make it sound like he's losing. I don't, I don't mean it that way. We don't know yet. We won't even know tonight when we go to bed. But it's a nerve-wracking game, my God. Because I look, um, and I have to tell you how I look at today. I look at this as an historic day. This is a day of history. This is a day in history. Because the last four years, the past four years, have been so horrible and so bad under Trump that this country needs a change. It needs a change to more, a more compassionate person, uh, to someone whose mind operates in a different fashion uh, than Trump's, et cetera, et cetera. And so... I look forward to this being a day of change, that we're going to have a new president. By the time the day's over, the week's over, the vote count will show that Biden will have won. It's a long road, though, I assure you. Uh, and as I said, a nerve-wracking one. But this day will go down, assuming Biden wins, uh, as a day of history. Uh, now, assuming Biden wins. Trump's all done as of January 20th. And should that occur, I would only say thank God. Because I don't believe we can survive another four years of Donald Trump. I sincerely mean this. Uh, we will now, if he wins, we will now be in the late 1930s. And I guarantee this is the truth. And if you haven't seen it thus far, you are blind of Nazi Germany and into the early 1940s of Nazi Germany. And that's not where we want to be uh, with a bigot, a liar, uh, an anti-Semitic, anti-black, et cetera, et cetera, person. He's not good for the country. A man that lies constantly, what, over 2,000 times in four years. Uh, a man who just doesn't understand how government should be run and has done everything to destroy our country, the fiber of our country, the fabric of our country. But boy, if he wins, then this country is asking for it. They are absolutely asking for it. We will never be the same for 30 or 40 years. Absolutely no question. Even if we elect down the road, Democratic presidents, it will not be the same in this country. I'm sort of glad my time is over. I'm 85. I wouldn't want to live with what I believe is coming. Anyhow, 
a fellow by the name of Arthur Evans. He's the CEO of the American Psychological Association. He said this past week, uh, with regard to this past year, he says, this has been a year unlike any other in living memory. This has been a year unlike any other in living memory, and it has been. Look at the stress and strain and the turmoil we have gone through under Donald Trump. I view today, I'm a Biden man, I view today, assuming Biden wins, as a rebirth. Now, when you have a birth, you have pain and suffering. And we've gone through our pain and suffering the last four years to deserve, you know, a good, healthy, crying, slap him on the ass baby. Uh, four years ago, we the people in this country made a very, very serious, a very bad mistake. We elected Donald Trump. Uh, we paid for it. And it bothers me that people, when I see these numbers tonight on the television screen that the American people may not realize what they've gone through for four years and how this man has taken us uh, down the tubes. Uh, it didn't work. We thought four years ago the American people said, hey, we need to make a change. The government of Washington is not operating effectively, not operating well. We got to get rid of these guys. And they got rid of the presidential candidate, uh, Hillary. Uh, and they took on Trump because he did look different with his yelling and ranting and raving and everything else. And that's exactly what he did, but not to any good, to the detriment. The only thing he's done good in the past four years is give a massive, huge tax cut to the very wealthy. Tell me what he's done for anyone else. You've got coronavirus killing this country. Worst record in the world. We're the greatest nation in the world. We have the best of everything, including medicine. Why aren't we able to control this? Uh, our economy sucks. Our economy sucks. Whatever the reason, coronavirus is a lot of this, but Trump's the president when we have the virus here, and we all know he has not been effective in dealing with it. All right? You got to be a tough guy when you deal with a problem of this nature. He's a tough guy, but he's afraid to hurt the people. They've got to get back to work. They've got to make a living. He keeps hoping this virus is going to run, you know, it's going to run its course and be over with. But it doesn't seem to. It seems to get worse and worse. Uh, but in any event, I see this rebirth. So you have pain and suffering when you have a birth. And we've had it, and we're deserving of a good, healthy baby. I hope. I'm beginning to wonder. I'm worrying tonight. Maybe it's just me. Uh, I can remember. This reminds me of, this is going to sound stupid, but uh, back in 1960, uh, I took the bar examination. It's a two-day exam. It's the worst thing in the world for a lawyer to take this bar exam. And if you don't pass it, you can't practice law. And it covers everything you ever studied in three years. It's a horrible exam. You will never run into a problem in the practice of law as complex as what the questions on that exam. And I can remember, I was ready for it. I was absolutely ready for the exam. Went down, took the first day of the exam. No problem sat down that night to look over my notes for the next day, and I panicked. 
Holy shit, excuse the way I put it. I stayed up till 4 o'clock in the morning reviewing everything I could get my hands on, which was a mistake. Fortunately, it didn't hurt me. I passed the exam. In those days, about 33% of all that took it passed the exam. Okay, so this was a major thing. Uh, I had a wife. I had a child. I had another one on the way. I had to pass that exam. And... uh I feel that way tonight because I'm panicking a little bit about this election. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Now, we have been experiencing in this country this past year what has been described as an election stress disorder. Election stress disorder. The American people are suffering from stress factors. There are threefold that are bothering us. The virus, no question about it. I mean, it's changed our lives. Look at Lewis, 250, 260 days in self-quarantine. I don't go anywhere. I have not been out of this house except for the hospital or the doctor. Nothing else. You can't move me out of here. And no one comes into my house, okay? My groceries are delivered. They're put down on the porch. I take them off the porch. But the virus is doing it. The election. Because everyone knows this is an important election, whether you're Democrat or you're Republican. And there is racism in this country we're dealing with this year, bigger than ever before. It's called racial reckoning. So coronavirus, the election, and racial, racial reckoning. And uh makes people feel lousy. It sort of depresses them. Uh, one doctor described it as a sense of dread and isolation, a sense of dread and isolation. I can believe that. Many of us, I I don't think I'm depressed, Uh, and I've gotten past not enjoying staying in. Maybe that's bad, but I've, I've, I've accepted it and I'm accustomed to it. But there is supposed to be this sense of dread and isolation out there affecting us. Now, I saw something today on television uh, that bothers the hell out of me. Uh, You recall, I'm going to go back to June of this year. Trouble in Washington. Black Lives Matter, they painted yellow in the streets. You had all kinds of black groups, white groups, purple, green. You had military forces, non-military forces, guns, no guns, tanks. Uh, Horrible. And uh, I remember Peter Black, great writer for the Washington uh, Post, said, and I quote, uh, that Washington looks like a fortress under siege. Washington looks like a fortress under siege. And this, he wrote, the day after Trump had erected around the White House that big fence. It was a big black pipe fence going up. It was high enough that people couldn't scale it. And I don't know about you, but I said, what are we coming to? Why do we need the fence? Why do we need the fence? I I don't see the people storming the White House yet. Could be. May still happen someday. So now we have this election that's very big time contested. And Trump has put up the black poled metal fence again, the non-scalable one. But what I saw on television tonight was he's got the fence. And then on the other side of it, between the black fence and the White House, he's erected a white concrete wall, a white concrete wall 
taller than the black fence. <laughs> you know, I believe he does this because he's a bully. And bullies are cowards. We've all met bullies in our lifetime. They're cowards. They are afraid. He's afraid. He can see himself sitting in the White House. And it would be like a banana, one of these banana countries where the rebels come along or people who want to overthrow the government. And they storm the White House of that country. And they run up the stairs and they go into the office of the Presidente. And they carry them out, they throw them out. Some countries, they kill them. I don't think we'd go that far. It could happen. I've been saying this could happen for the last couple of years. We could have a revolution in this country. I never thought it would occur, but it could happen. And I think that's why he put up... I'm laughing. It's stupid. A black concrete wall. It's a shame and a disgrace. And it doesn't speak well for us as a people, and it doesn't speak well for Donald as president. Uh, Anyhow, so we got the new wall up. In addition to the fence, we've got National Guard troops, we've been told, are are in Washington, have been called in. Uh, Some of Trump's private military, as I described them, uh, ICE and the sophisticated soldiers of the Border Patrol, Okay. Uh, doesn't look right. Doesn't feel right. Doesn't act right. We're in rough shape, but not that rough. Even though we might have protests in the street, it just doesn't seem that bad. And if it is, then Trump brought it on and is deserving of it. Okay. Now, when all these things happen, I've, I've learned along the way in my lifetime uh, that when something bad occurs, there always seems to be a song or a poem that fits the situation and can be uplifting. All right? And while I was preparing for the show tonight, uh, a song came to mind. Uh, those were the days. Those were the days, my friends. We thought they'd never end. Remember? Well, let me tell you a little bit about it, and then I'm going to go through a couple of stances because it's just about where we are and where I think we're going and will be. Uh, First of all, it's a Beatles tune, but the Beatles didn't sing it. Actually, Those Were the Days is a 1968 remake of an older Russian song, okay? And that song was signed by this girl, Mary Hopkins, who had made a record, by the Beatles' Apple Records label. So the Beatles bought her record of the song. And the actual record itself was produced by Paul McCartney. Uh, These guys, great thinkers, great feelers for what was happening in our country all the time. They were a revolution, not only in music, but for the sensitivity of the nation. And so just let me go through uh, the first two stanzas of uh, Those Were the Days. I'm not going to sing it. I'm a lousy singer, but I'm going to read them to you. You know, once upon a time, there was a tavern where we used to raise a glass or two. Remember how... Remember how we laughed 
away the hours and drowned and dreamed, rather, of all the great things we would do. Remember how we laughed away the hours and dreamed of all the great things we would do. Those were the days, my friend. We thought they'd never end. We'd sing and dance forever and a day. We'd live the life we choose. We'd fight and never lose, for we were young and sure to have our way. Well, we got to get back there. That's all I'm saying. We've got to get back there. And we're not going to get back there as long as we got this virus around here. We, we've got the food supply chain breaking down. We're, we're cutting back on food stamps. Uh, we're getting rid of Trump, if he has his way, he's going to completely get rid of uh, uh, Obamacare on November 10th before the Supreme Court when a case is argued which could totally throw it out. Uh, and the government is involved in bringing that lawsuit, can you imagine? Uh, especially when we have a time of an epidemic where all support for medical assistance is required. Anyhow, that is the story. We've got to get back there. We can. I do not believe, honestly, without any question, that we can get back to those kind of days. To Those were the days under Donald Trump. It's only going to get worse. Under Joe Biden, yes. Under Donald Trump, no. Because they're two different thinking people. Absolutely. Without question. Going to talk about Lady Gaga. Now, no, Lady Gaga, the great singer. Voluptuous looking woman, no question about it. Uh, she and Donald got into a bit of a match in the last 48 hours. 20, actually, 24, 24 hours. Lady Gaga has been a supporter of Joe Biden. She's been out on the road for him for the past month. And uh, she was in, she, she, she's well-liked in Pennsylvania, or so she thinks. Maybe Biden does also. And she's being effective with the people. I've never seen her perform. I may have listened to her records on occasion. I don't even know. I'm not into Lady Gaga. But she's well-respected, very successful, and was making an impact on Trump's campaign. So Trump came out yesterday, Monday, during the day, with a tweet about Lady Gaga. And let me say up front, <laughs> don't push a woman. Don't fool around with a woman when you haven't got your marbles straight and you don't know what the hell you're talking about because, let me tell you, she'll cut your testicles off. Very simple. And Gaga's that type of woman. Don't screw with me. Well, Trump said in his tweet that she wasn't, I quote, an anti-fracking activist. Now, understand. Fracking has become big business in the state of Pennsylvania. 600,000 people are employed in Pennsylvania in the fracking industry. And Trump, from an unsubstantiated source, okay, had no substantiation for what he said. Every article written about this said, we can't find anything about her that she did this. But he said eight years ago, she said, he said, she's an anti-fracking activist. And he said, and I quote, a sharp stick in the eye for 600,000 Pennsylvanians who work in the fracking industry. 
Now, Trump should have stopped there, even though apparently it's a lie. It's bullshit. But he didn't. He had to go to the next step because we know what he thinks of women and the respect he has for women. And he said, and I quote, I could tell you stories about Lady Gaga. Oh, my God. I could tell you stories about Lady Gaga. Well, Donald, his testicles were hanging in the wind. She came back uh, last night in Pennsylvania. She was introducing Biden, introducing him at a rally. And she said, with regard to Donald, she said, and I quote, now is your choice to vote against a Trump, a Donald Trump, a man who believes his fame gives him the right to grab one of your daughters or sisters or mothers or wives by any part of their bodies. You remember what he said four years ago. She said, and I quote, vote for Joe Biden. He's a good person, intimating that Donald isn't. And Donald isn't a good person, okay? I would not enjoy having a beer with him. I wouldn't even want him in my house. I consider him scum. And I think he, because he treats people that way. You cannot respect those who do not respect you. So that's what Lady Gaga did. God bless Lady Gaga. Trump and his comments about coronavirus. Now, we're being destroyed by coronavirus. We could have had this thing substantially licked or completely licked by this time. We are the United States of America. We got the best of everything, the best medicine, et cetera, et cetera. But none of this is any good unless people listen to the doctors, listen to the scientists. And Trump listens not to the professionals, especially the scientists and doctors with regard to COVID-19, okay? Uh, and here are some of the things he's been saying in the past few days, and he's been saying for the last three years. Quote, we've rounded the corner. How many times in the last week? We've rounded the corner. Who the hell's rounded the corner? You know, we got a thousand people a day dying every day for how long? Two months now? Uh, this past week, new coronavirus cases for one day made a record, hit a record number. 93, 94,000 new cases in one day. We're in trouble. Everything's going up. Nothing's coming down. And he says, we've rounded the corner. Uh, and yesterday, he said, uh, COVID-19 deaths have dwindled to, I'm going to repeat this, COVID-19 deaths have dwindled to, quote, almost nothing. With every, The whole country's going up. There's only three or four states that haven't gone up. Florida, we've been in such dire straits for three or four months, okay? Uh, it's not, it's not down to almost nothing, but yet he tells the people. And the people who are voting for him today or have voted for him today believe him. He lies and they believe him about something so serious as this virus, which can kill all of us in this country, and that is no exaggeration. <coughs> and then a couple of days ago, <coughs> excuse me, he also said in a tweet, and he said it at his rally, I think it was a rally, not a tweet. He said, and I quote, doctors, doctors get more money if someone dies from COVID. Doctors get more money if someone dies from COVID. Intimating 
the doctors are saying this is COVID when it isn't, so they can make a bigger buck. And then Donald Jr., who's worse than his father, he was on the Jimmy Kimmel show recently and looked terrible. His eyes were bulging. His teeth were grinding. I'm not kidding you. Some people are talking about him. Now, I sound like Donald Trump, don't I? I throw something out and stop. You'll figure it out if you don't have it already. But he said on Fox News this past week, Donald Jr., that medical experts who have been talking about a surge in cases are, and I quote, truly morons. We've got a surge in cases. You've got to be an ass. You've got to be blind not to see it. I want to get the hell out of my house. I want to go back to going to the chart room, which is still closed, by the way, down here, enjoying a drink every night, talking talking to tourists, talking to locals, talking to friends. I can't do it. And then going out to dinner at some restaurant, one of the restaurants I enjoy, talking to people again. I am a people person. I miss this life. I'm not married. I live alone. I don't have a woman living with me. Uh, I've become accustomed to living alone. But it's not healthy, and I don't think it's fun. I guarantee it isn't fun. Anyhow, uh, England is having a big problem, and the prime minister said he, he's seriously considering or already has closed down uh, London or England, I can't recall which one, for a month, and the people are upset there. Well, the mayor of San Francisco, and I don't want you to confuse his first name with what ha- is happening in London, but his name is London Breed. Mayor London Breed of San Francisco said this week, and I quote, we're tired of, of COVID-19. We are, no question. We are tired as a people of COVID-19. But COVID-19 is not tired of us. Sean Connery, great movie actor, one of the best ever. He died this past week, 90 years old. God was good to him. He died in his sleep. Great actor. He was the first 007. You know what was amazing about this guy? He was one of the few actors, male or female, that started as a young star and continued to be a star in major roles up through his old age because he he adjusted to the roles that were available to him. If it was a part for a 50-year-old man, he was a 50-year-old man at the time that he took the part. And he started in these roles, and he did a magnificent job, and he provided us with great pleasure. And I, 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 I think he's one, one person we shall all miss on the screen. I want to tell you about a reef. We have, when you live by the ocean and you live in warm, it's warm weather like we do in the Keys and in Key West, we have a reef out here, a coral reef off Key West, big. And it's been sick for years. It's called coral bleach. It gets white. It has some sort of a disease, which we spend money on and fight to correct it. When you, when you have coral bleach, the, the fish don't come anymore, okay? Now, there's another huge reef, very, very big, in Australia or next to Australia called the Great Barrier Reef. And this is an amazing story. Uh, they were recently examining the great coral reef they do all the time but they did it in a new fashion they 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 invented a remote operated vehicle it's big it's like a tank 
that they took off of a ship and with you know with heavy chains and everything dropped it uh down miles into the ocean next to the Great Barrier Reef. <coughs> then they discovered something. The last time they discovered anything new about the coral reef, the Great Coral Reef was 120 years ago. And do you know what they discovered? They discovered that the Great Coral Reef had a reef attached to it, was part of the Great Coral Reef, that was taller, taller than the Empire State Building. All of it underwater, never seen by man before. Beautiful fish, colorful fish all around it, healthy. No coral bleach. Isn't that wild? Absolutely wild. Well, that's my show for tonight. Uh, hope I didn't disturb you with my anti-Trump statements. I make them a lot, and I've made them a lot in the past, and this is a big evening. I hope Biden gets elected. If he didn't, I'm going to say it again. We're in deep trouble in this country. Uh, what can I tell you? That's the way it is. I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. I look forward to doing it with you every week. Remember, I do a blog talk radio show every morning. I'm sorry. I write a blog every morning. Uh, 70,000 subscribers worldwide. I do it every morning. It takes me five or six hours. You should read it. You'll enjoy it. Trust me. If you enjoy the show, you'll enjoy it. If you don't enjoy the show, don't don't even read it. But try reading my morning uh, blog on the internet. Uh, I love doing it and I love to share it with people. Okay, that's it, folks. See you again next week.